0: happy friday developers today is december 1st 2023 and welcome back to our roundup episode where you can catch up on episodes you missed and get a quick rundown of the past two weeks from pod rocket so let's get started First up, we welcomed back Attila Fasina, Senior DevRel Engineer at Crab Nebula, to talk about reactivity and what he calls the rendering dilemma. In this clip, Attila explains what the rendering dilemma is and how different frameworks handle reactivity.
1: The dilemma that I was referring to is essentially what I see developers going around in terms of Which framework do I pick? Which framework is the best? What is the silver bullet that's going to solve all my problems? And honestly, sorry, I don't think I have an answer for that because it does depend on which problem you're trying to solve. The answer may vary, your experience may vary, and it depends on the team you have as well. But that was a dilemma I was mentioning about which one of these strategies should you pick?
2: What's the problem with just going with, I don't know, people probably learn Vue to begin with or they learn React I find in myself definitely, and from people I talk to, that we stick with what we learn. So for example, I know that Quick is the fastest way to build on the web today, fastest in terms of first load JavaScript and time to interactive, but I don't care because I learned React. I know React. I'm writing a book on React. I'm well familiar with Next.js. And so... For nine out of 10 things I need to build, I'm just going with React. And then if there's real limitations, only then I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe I should look at Solid or Quick. As a self-described Solid fanboy, I can't imagine that you started your career with Solid. I assume you probably started with something like React and have recently moved to Solid.
1: Why? And is it worth it? So, I think that's a very good perspective to have, the one you just brought. Where I also want to talk a little bit about people that put different frameworks against each other and compare the frameworks solely on a performance side of things. And I do think we reached in terms of best practices, and every tool and every framework can reach optimal performance on pretty much every kind of app you do, as long as you don't violate best practices or do something horrible with it. Performance is hardly, save from a few cases, going to be the reason why you decide to completely dump a tool away and pick something else. But the reason why I did start with React, I played a lot with Next.js as well. I still do actually. And we have at Crab Nebula as Svelte as well in the stack. So I do like playing around with different tooling and I think that actually helps me understanding how they work better and pick the one that's best for me. Now, why did I decide SolidJS as essentially my daily driver or the tool that I stick the most with is because I happen to find that the mental model around signals and around how SolidJS handles reactivity fits my head better. I'm more capable of reasoning about it, I'm more capable of understanding and predicting how it's going to work. I think that because React has been around for about 10, almost 11 years now, we tend to think like since the beginning, playing around with it, we tend to think it's an easier model. But to me, it's just that we're more used to the trade-offs that it brings. We've seen that, we've seen it evolve over time. We go through class components, then hooks, now server components, and we've seen the framework mature. And we kind of know the issues that it has have already bitten us and okay, we know how to build with them. But I believe that other abstractions might be a better representation of what we have or what we need in this case.
0: Next, Eduardo San Martin Morote, creator of Pina and Vue.js core team member, came on to talk about Pina and discussed with Noel some of the changes that happened when Vue switched from Vue.x to PINIA.
2: So going back to the three pillars of Pina, someone who hasn't been paying attention for a while or is just thinking about this maybe like, comparing this and thinking like, oh, well, what about mutations? They were, they were a Vuex user. Mutations made sense to them because they're like, oh, if I had things that multiple components were doing, that it was, a, it was a clean place for me to put shared logic that affected the state. What what kind of went into the decision to not have that be part of Pena in the same way that it was with Vuex?
3: All the projects I consulted for and co- questioned on Discord, mutations were always perceived as verbose with all these uppercase, very often regionally uppercase. It wasn't necessary, but <laughs> it was often that way. And at the end, it was also for the traceability you could have in dev tools at the time. Mm-hmm. But with the proxies, with Vue, we do get a very precise traceability of, of the objects and the mutations. By mutation, I really mean in the large sense, so mutating an object in JavaScript. Yeah. So that allows you to really mutate the state anywhere for example, use a state property in a Vmodo, which was one of the pain points, like very common pain point, right? using the state property from a Vuex store. You had to use a computer property with a getter that yeah. would just read the state, and a setter that would commit to change the state. And it was just so verbose you had to write all these mutations. Very often, you find yourself writing a mutation for each state. It was rare to have mutations that contained logic or, to put it in a better way, it was rare to have both a mutation that was just changing the state and another one that was actually doing interesting things, because mutations were also sync. So that's why you had actions that could be asynchronous and had to still commit mutations. So it was also verbose within the actions. Right, right. And then I think that you can write that in actions when it makes sense. So when you have a business meaning, and you can see the stores are services as well, so, a way to group that logic around some business domain. You can put multiple mutations of state within an action and it's no trouble. You can still make synchronous operations within the actions. So, in that regard, the mutations and actions became one if you go from Vuex to Pinia, But we still allow you to modify the state directly outside of stores. Now, there are ways to make the state read-only. It's a bit more complex than it could be. And I actually talk about this in the Mastering Pinia. And I think I have some free articles online where I just show the actual code so people can just find that too. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's probably valid arguments for it, it to be like much more locked down and traceable and stuff for some dev flows, but I think it is easy to justify that. And I think anyone that used, like you said, like in any projects you were consulting on or pe- people that had just been using it for a while felt this phenomenon where it was like, it doesn't really help me to have these two things separated all the time. Like one of them is basically always calling the other. If we could just like have these be one thing and I wouldn't have to have all this just wiring code that's just going through the motions.
0: And finally, Kent C. Dodds came back to spill his hottest take, why he won't use Next.js. Here, he gives the TLDR of why he chose in this moment to focus on why he didn't want to use Next.js rather than focusing on using other frameworks instead.
2: Why did you choose to focus on, okay, we've got to call out Next.js specifically?
4: Yeah, I definitely have had a number of people who said, why didn't you call this why I use Remix instead of why I won't use Next.js? And I've written blog post about why I use Remix It's titled, why I love Remix. It's on my personal blog and I recommend people go look at it. But the fact is that when I launched Epic Web Dev just a couple of weeks ago, which is I want to teach people how to build web applications and the most popular solution for full stack web applications in the JavaScript space is Next.js. And it's actually not even close as far as full stack is concerned. If you're talking just client side, then it's not even close, it's React router is the solution there. But if we're going full stack, which is exactly what Epic Web is all about, the Next.js is the clear leader there. And so for that reason, a lot of people are asking me, hey Kent, why didn't you go with the more popular option? So they're not asking me, why did you go with Next? They're asking me, why didn't you go with Next.js? And so just by virtue of that, I need to discuss some of the negative side of that. And I do give a TLDR, so I'll give that here. The TLDR is really Next.js is fine, Remix is fine, but really they're both equally capable of building awesome experiences and stuff. I personally feel like you're more productive with Remix, but like at the end of the day, if you are effective with Next.js and you like it, then continue using it because you're capable with it. But for me, in deciding what do I teach people how to build with, The objective of Epic Web Dev is teaching people how to build for the web, and to do so in a productive way so that when they're done, they have all of the tools in their tool belt to be productive. So some people would say, why are you using any framework at all? And the answer is, I want you to be productive, and I don't think you can be productive (laughs) without a framework. And so I have to choose one. And I think that because my focus isn't Remix, it's the web, by the end of it, I'm just more effective at teaching you the web if I teach you Remix than if I were to go with Next.js. And I talk about that a little bit in the blog post, but I think that you'll walk away with more transferable knowledge if I use Remix than if I'd use Next. That's the short answer to the
0: question. And that's it for today, Friday, December 1st. You can check out the full episodes linked in our show notes or on our feed. And if you like what you hear, follow PodRocket for more great web development content. See you at the next roundup This episode was brought to you by LogRocket. Try it for free at LogRocket.com.